Hi guys, welcome to Self Care Sundays. This is Han, and I'm joined by the beautiful Naz. Hello, hello. How are you doing today, Han? Yeah, good. Got a sore arm. Other than that, pretty good. <laughs> Somebody got the jab. Well yeah, done. I See, I was waiting for you to do it. You know, like now that you're not dead. I guess that kind of gives me like the green light to go and get vaccinated too. So you took one for the team. I was telling everyone not to do it and I went and got it done. (laughs) Good, because you were in like hard lockdown for two weeks. So yeah, 14 days, man. I couldn't leave the house, but it's all good. Oh, wait, it's not a lockdown. It's isolation. You were in isolation. Yeah, my family were like calling me and messaging me. They're so dramatic. They're like, you know, we're so proud of you. You know, you're protecting your family. I'm like, piss up. (laughs) Yeah, but my mom's been telling me to get vaccinated like every single day. She won't forget to call me and and remind me. But we tried to book it yesterday, remember? And it just wasn't working for me. So, yeah, we need to get the systems in check up and running because I tried once now. I'm probably not going to try again for another week. (laughs) <laughs> no, you need to. I think it's just getting harder now to get vaccinated because everyone's trying to do it. Because, you know, they're not, they don't care about the number zero. It's all about like the amount of people that are vaccinated. So I mean, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm supportive of it because if it means that we'll get to have a bit of our freedom back, then I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm thinking about holidaying in December. I don't even care about it. I just want to get out of here. Where do you want to go? Dubai. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Out of all places. I mean, I guess the weather is a bit warmer there, you know. It's like no, no, it's, I'm, I'm it's making so a warm that you'll be sweating. Like No, no, we're going to Canada, remember, and then we're doing a pit stop in Dubai. <laughs> it's like two extreme ends, you know. It's either we go to the snow or we're walking around <laughs> in 38 degrees. There's no middle ground. <laughs> No, Let's I just go to New Zealand, you know, break ourselves in a bit first. Queenstown, no. Nah. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go properly. But I definitely don't want to go to London again. I think I've overdone that. But, yeah, either America, Canada or Dubai. We'll see. I would love to go to Italy and just, like, eat all the carbs in the world. Yeah, it's actually so, like, Italy's amazing. Like, I'm not even going to lie. It was probably, yeah, the best thing that happened on my last trip, but. Anyway, how are you going with the affair? What season are you up to? I'm up to season three. I'm enjoying it. It's a bit slow, but oh my God, I know no one's going to agree with me, but I think Joshua Jackson is just the most handsome man in the world. I like his character in the affair, but isn't he like in his 50s now? No, isn't he like 40s? I don't know. He's like 40. Well, he looks like he's at least 65. So he's not oh my God. <laughs> he's got like a pot and everything. Like he's got wrinkles. His face looks like he's drooping, like like melted. Okay, I don't he's mind the pot. Up. I don't mind the little pot, but he definitely doesn't have wrinkles. He looks good. Wasn't he on the news for something? Oh recently? my god. Actually, it was I don't know if you remember, but Christopher sent us a post on our group chat about. He's with a black woman, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jodie Turner-Smith. Remember that movie we watched, Queen and Slim? So the chick from that movie. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's stunning. So what ended up happening was Christopher sent us a post that she ended up proposing to him because they were dating. And then, like, Jay and I were just like, oh, my God, that's so outrageous. Like, how can a woman propose to a man? It's wrong. The man should be doing it. 
And then I went, like, I started researching this story a little bit deeper and I found out, anyway, he ended up proposing to her as well after she proposed to him. And I was, mm. like, freaking out for no reason because then, like, a while after we had that debate in the group chat, I was just sitting down thinking and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, we come from, like, a cultural background where romantic proposals don't bloody exist. We just have a talk with our partner like oh hey we've been together for so long or hey I think we should get married and then oh yeah when do you want to meet my parents and then it just happens so mm, <laughs> what's the big deal and there's no rings exchanged except there's dowry and that happens on the day of the marriage that exchange but yeah but so what was the boy's response what were the boys saying about it and so Christopher was just basically saying like yeah I think it's really nice like for a woman to go get what she wants and you know yeah, Hannah, go propose to your man, <laughs> my invisible man. But I was outraged in the group chat. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, who really gets a romantic proposal? Like in our culture anyway, no one. No one. But even if like, so what's the problem with the girl proposing? I don't, I don't see that as an issue because like it's romance is a two-way street, right? And sometimes men need love too and they want to feel pampered I know but not when it comes to something like marriage and proposing I feel like a man should be doing that like I don't want to propose to you but then if you think about it when you're having that conversation with your partner and just say like there's always one person that wants to get married more than the other person so if the female's like oh hey we really need to get married you know, come on, you know, my mom found out or, you know, come on, we've been dating for so long or come on, you know, this is going on for too long. Isn't that the equivalent of the woman proposing anyway? Yes, because you're saying to your partner in that moment, I choose you to be my life partner. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and yeah. of course, it's before it gets to that frustrating point of, you know, this has just been going on too long. Initially, the conversation will start off like, I see the rest of my life with you. I, I feel like that's, proposing with intention at that moment you know but like I get it because you're the type of person where you like surprises you know so like you would like for example if it's your birthday for your partner to like take you somewhere and not tell you about it and organize and plan this like big thing you don't like gifts but you want someone who will like you know do something that's very romantic for you in that way that that that's the type of person you are so I see why you would be uncomfortable with not getting that proposal if it was on the table no, but I also want, it's not even about like the surprise. Of course, that's that's really nice. That aspect of it is like really romantic. But it's also about like, I feel like if I'm the one initiating this proposal or this marriage, you know, I like a man who's assertive, that knows what he wants. Like, why am I telling you and why am I directing you? You're the man. Like, I think that the proposal happens after you've already had that discussion. You're going to have that discussion. But... I don't want to be pushing a man into marriage. Does that make sense? Like, we should, yeah, we're going to have that discussion. But, like, imagine the per, imagine there's a female having this discussion with a guy and he's just like, oh, no, I'm not ready and, like, all this stuff. That's really unattractive. That's disgusting. Like, what kind of, like, imagine. Like who, should, who should bring it up? Like, proposal aside, who should bring up the conversation? Because you said there's always one person who wants it more. So, like, if I really wanted to get married, I shouldn't bring it up with my partner that that's something that I'm looking to do I look I think uh, it's really tricky I kind of view it in this way if I'm bringing up marriage to a man and he's not bringing it up to me are you even ready do you even want it 
if a man wants to get married and he wants to spend the rest of his life with you, he will tell you, I want to marry you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Yes, then you can have a choice whether you want to do it or not. But I don't want to be bringing up this conversation with a man because I'm like, at the end of the day, if he just agrees because I've pushed him, what kind of man am I bringing into the house? This person didn't even want to be here. Yeah, I feel like there's more of a risk with women proposing because statistically, not that I've actually searched this or anything, but I just think anyway, in terms of numbers, it's usually women who want to get married more and men are usually the ones who are not ready. So like, or, or they'll get married at a later age, for example. So I feel like for a woman, it's more risky to propose because there's more of a chance that the man is going to say no and throw it back at her face or just be like, we're not ready. We've only dated for like six years, you know? Or or I'm not ready at all because I want to, you know, get a job or get my finances together or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's important to know that, you know, your partner equally wants to get married as much as you do. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, look, it worked out for them. They have like a baby or whatever. She's beautiful. He's handsome, so... (laughs) I think she shits on him. I'm sorry. Oh, no, she does shit on him and he knows that. But, like, I've always had a crush on him, though, since I was little, since, like, Dawson Creek days. Wasn't he, like, a creepy dude in Dawson's Creek? Okay, I, don't look, think I, was- I went to Google his photo from Dawson Creek not long ago and then I'm like, okay, yeah, he was disgusting then. I'm like, I don't know what I was doing even watching Dawson Creek at my age or having a crush on him at that age, but he definitely looks better now. I feel like you have like daddy issues or something. I don't know. <laughs> he looks like an old man. <laughs> like he looks like life has killed him. Like he looks so tired. <laughs> I sent it to my sister-in-law, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, Hannah, he's really like not my type. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's putting it much nicely. <laughs> much yeah, more nicer than I am. I can't speak oh, English anymore. Yeah. She's being really nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough talk about Joshua Jackson. Let's get into the podcast. It's been like one year of podcasting. <laughs> it has. When did we even, when did we hit that mark? I thought we already did that like a few weeks ago. No, I think we've just had guests or people on the last three weeks. So I think our one year was like, yeah, on like the 30th of August. Oh, congratulations, honey. Hannah, honey. <laughs> yeah, don't call me that shit again. <laughs> I can't believe we made it a whole yeah yeah no I know it's I didn't think would be consistent I mean we're not really that consistent lately but you know we did really well at the start (laughs) I was for sure thinking that it would just take me replaying back one of our episodes and I'd feel so disgusted (laughs) at myself (laughs) that I would just pull out and be like nope this was a terrible idea Hannah we're not doing this (laughs) my voice still bothers me but <laughs> oh no, people say you have a very professional podcast voice. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think you've got anything to worry about. But like at yeah. some point we've got to graduate from using our phones oh. and, and get actual microphones and all set up. I we shouldn't have told our audience. We we record really unprofessionally, so we definitely need to invest in proper microphones and um headphones. <laughs> they should create, because like you know how we use Zoom and stuff? They should create like a app like Zoom, but for podcasts. I'm sure it exists, but if it doesn't, let's invent that shit. It does exist, yeah. And maybe we need to like graduate with like not podcasting away from each other to like actually doing it next to each other. (laughs) I'm sick of you already. Seeing you once a week is enough. (laughs) 
I'm glad that you laugh at like painful comments. <laughs> because I know you don't mean it. Oh my God. I had so much fun with you yesterday, like watching that scary movie and... Just before people start to judge us, okay, I live alone and Hannah is my bubble person, okay? She's oh. the one that's supposed to be keeping me sane, so she's allowed to visit me. Okay, okay, you know what, let's get, let's get into the podcast. Let's do it. Okay, so we had discussed that today we wanted to touch on uncertainty. I think it's not news to everyone, but Melbourne is in a very harsh, extended lockdown once again. We probably look very bad to the rest of the world. I don't know what's going on in Australia. Like we need to pull up our socks. But everything like this pandemic has just been so protracted and it's like never ending. People's lives have stopped. You know, we can't plan our holidays together anymore. People have lost their businesses. People have lost their jobs. And you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know what's coming, you know. So I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty out there today and I just think it's just a really important topic to address and to also just give some advice and some tips on how to navigate uncertainty Yeah, and just how to cope. Yeah, 100%. I think uncertainty is like it's an inevitable part of life and I think a lot of us struggle with it on a day-to-day basis and it's easy to ask yourself what if and think about the worst case scenario when life throws a curveball at you or in this instance like you were saying when life throws a bloody global pandemic at you (laughs) but Mm -hmm. as humans we love to plan for the future right I know I'm definitely like a really big planner but what happens when we can't plan is we start to worry and then we start to overthink So like you said, you know, we are definitely living in one of the most uncertain times in bloody modern history. And I think, was it like one year and a half ago, we were all just living life and then bang, like, you know, COVID hit and we didn't have anything to prepare. We didn't know what to do. And people's routines, finances, work, personal life, like everything was turned upside down. And the most messed up thing is, there is no end in sight. Like we don't know if this is ever going to end. We don't know if we're ever going to get out of this. Like we don't know what's going to happen next. Although COVID is like a great example, but I feel like we experience uncertainty in every aspect of our life. Because you can't really plan for the future. No, no. Anything could go wrong at any point or there might be some nice unexpected surprises that will come your way. It's just nothing in life is guaranteed. So maybe this is actually giving us some good training, actually, of how to how to deal with that. (laughs) I don't think I've ever prepared for uncertainty or Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think we'll get into that a bit later, but it also depends on personality types as well, I think. But for me, like I feel like I stress the most about big life events. Yeah. Like thinking oh, I'm approaching 30. Am I ever going to have children? Do I even want to have children? Am I going to be a good mother? Am I going to be like my mother? You know, am I going to hell after I die? It's just, there's a lot of uncertainty, but like, it's not something I'm thinking about every day, of course. But one thing that I do think about every day, especially lately and working from home is like about my career. Like, I feel like, obviously, you know, my job has been stressful lately, but the first advice that people give me is just quit. <laughs> Something isn't making you happy, just quit. Immediately my mind jumps to, but what if I can't get another job? 
I try, like it's it's the unknown, you know. Like I've never been without a job, like in my adult life. What if the new job I get is going to be shit? No, I'd rather stick with the devil I know, because yes. I just can't face that type of uncertainty in my life right now. Yeah, hundred percent. What yeah. about you? Like, what what are those things that like occupy your mind about the future? I think I'm pretty similar. Like just what you've mentioned now with work, like I had a business, like, you know, my own business for six years. I loved it, passionate, you know, something that I looked forward to. And then COVID hit. And I remember one weekend, like I had like a really big weekend. So with like the event industry, it could be like, you could have like a really big weekend. And then the next weekend could be like two events. And then the week after could be like five. So like I had a really big weekend coming up and I had like a lot of events and basically my income for the month or my rent and my utilities for that month was being paid by that weekend. And I remember COVID, like, you know, the lockdown being announced and like, you know, sometimes people want to reschedule, but then all of my clients for that weekend actually wanted to cancel and get a refund. And I just sat down with like my hands on my head, like, what am I going to do? How long am I going to eat my savings for? And how long am I? is my savings going to last? Like, you know, my job or my business is my identity. It's who I am. Like, what's going to happen if I stop doing that? Who am I going to become? And it was causing me so much stress because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I'm like, I stopped enjoying my business. Remember, I kept telling, like, I'm more stressed about, like, anticipating what's going to happen because I don't know that I'm so stressed over it. And then I spoke to my parents and my mom and dad are just like, you know what, like, take a break and while this whole COVID thing settles or maybe wait till the summer when things kind of, you know, go back to normal. And that was probably one of the best decisions I made. And they said, like, don't think about where abundance is going to come from. Like you, like you will get it somehow. Like don't, don't be stressed about it. So Mm -hmm. I took a break. I took a break one month before this big lockdown hit. Perfect timing. I know, I know. It's and I got almost like you could <laughs> see the future. I know. I was so <laughs> worried that, like, you know, I went, I got a job that I love, you know, I get to go into the office every day. I don't have to be home. And I'm not worried about my rent. I'm not worried about, like, you know, my kids or anything. And I'm like, I literally got that abundance that I was so worried that I was going to lose. You know, I got it and I have it and I got the security. But it's like, You can't help but fear the future, but I feel like things always end up working out anyway. I think that you are probably the best success story. You know, you should. Do you have any quotes? Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But it was very stressful for you. Like, I I remember that because, yeah, it would be in lockdown, then out of lockdown, you know, then you'll be planning events for people and then it's cancelled and you've put in so much effort and, you know, not knowing where the next paycheck is going to come from. Like that's, yeah, I think a lot of people would be, would have been in that situation and are in that situation still because of this shit fucking pandemic. But yeah, like why do you think though, like when you were initially faced with that and also just for everyone like who has to deal with this kind of uncertainty, like why do we react so negatively to it? I think our mind, when it sees uncertainty, basically like it equals danger. If your brain or whatever doesn't know what's around the corner, it can't keep you out of harm's way. So I didn't know what was coming. So I didn't know how to stop it. So, but if we think we know what's coming, we we think that we can control the outcome of it. 
your brain always assumes the worst and it jumps to conclusions. And I know personally, I overestimate the threats in my life and I underestimate my ability to handle them. And I think as human beings, like we crave security and the fact that that wasn't giving me that secure income that I was getting for ages, it was like, okay, well, how am I going to survive, you know? And we want mm-hmm. to feel safe and have a sense of control over our lives and our well-being. And mm-hmm. fear and uncertainty, like it can leave you feeling stressed. It definitely left me feeling stressed. It can leave you feeling anxious, powerless, and like you don't even know what direction your life is going in. Yeah, I think it is kind of a human characteristic, like to want to crave that security, as you said. And that's normal, like to a certain extent, you know, because nothing in life is guaranteed. But like there are some people who find this randomness of life, like just too stressful. Do you know what I mean? And like those people who who can't deal with that uncertainty, who get stressed, who get anxious are also the same people who won't take a big risk in life because they don't want to be like forced outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. You know? But the comfort zone is where your dreams go to die. So there's a quote for you. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I know I'm putting it very, like I'm not considerate of people's feelings during a difficult time, but it's, it is true. Like it comes down to personality types too. Yeah. Like there are some people who are big adventure seekers you know, who don't plan anything in life. I'm definitely, I don't fall in that category at all. I think I'm like somewhere in the middle, but more towards the fearful, anxious side of the scale. And some people who will just take things on, like, you know, just head on and they actually find it enjoyable and they actually find it fun. And those are the people who will quit their jobs, like in, you know, snap of a finger or like pack up their bags and like move to another country that they've never been to before, you know, and have no plan for how they're going to make things work. I don't really know what point I'm trying to make here, but I feel like whilst a lot of us do want that security, there are some people who will stress about it a bit too much as well. So anyway, like I guess that, that's what we're talking about here is how do we make sure that we don't get to that pointy end of feeling too anxious about things that you just can't control? Yeah. So how do you deal with uncertainty? Am I dealing with it? <laughs> I don't know. I run away from it. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, I'm going to stay in this job that I hate. No. Well, that's coping. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just feel like when I do like work aside, because I don't feel like I'm dealing with that properly, but when I do think about things like having a family, getting married, you know, being a mom, all that stuff, like those big life things that I was telling you about before like I always just ask myself like I don't actually know what's going to be in my future maybe I'll never be a mom maybe I'll be a mom to like eight kids or something I don't know (laughs) maybe I'll be somebody's second wife or third wife (laughs) I have no idea what's going to happen my kids love you so much so you're already a mom I'll just take your kids yeah (laughs) sealed I ask myself, I'm like, okay, what can I actually control right now? Yeah. I, can't, I can't control those things that might happen, you know, next year or five years later, but what can I control right now? And the only thing, like, in terms of getting married and having children is stop dating fuckboys. Like, <laughs> that's one thing I can control right now. 
have those conversations about wanting to be in a serious relationship up front, you know, so people don't lead you on or like, you know, write a list down of the type of person you actually want to be with. Is having children important to you? Work that shit out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically controlling the part of the problem that you can actually control. Yeah. That's, so- that's when I stop asking that, you know, getting anxiety over those big life decisions. Staying in the present. Basically, staying in the present moment. Yes, nobody can predict the future. No one knows what's going to happen. We can't control what other people feel. We can't control what they think, and we can't control how they behave, and we can't control what life may throw at us. So, I think we overthink. (laughs) We distract ourselves by focusing on the past or you know future events, and then instead we can learn to deal with uncertainty, so it doesn't overwhelm us and I I understand what you were saying like mindfulness helps you need to remind yourself to stay in the present and be mindful and conscious about you know what's happening in your life right now yeah and that's exactly what those spiritual teachers always tell you like Eckhart Tolle wrote like how many books five books or something just about living in the present moment yeah and it seems like such a simple concept but Oh, it's so hard. I can't sit still for five minutes to meditate I really can't because automatically my mind's thinking about either some shit thing that someone said to me two days ago or what I'm having for dinner or what I'm going to do with my weekend. Like I can't even sit still for five minutes. So you can imagine that it is actually a a practice, like something you have to keep reminding yourself all the time. Like, am I thinking about the past right now? Am I thinking about the future right now? Like, let me just stay present. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. What about you? Like, what would be like your number one advice for someone who gets very anxious about the future one way I deal with uncertainty is basically knowing that God is in control and being content with God's plan and like my mom and dad love me well I hope they do I know that Allah loves me many more times than my parents you know and I know God can sometimes take things away from us or put us through experiences that give us pain but he always does it for the best and we may not see it now and we may not see it for years, but we need to have faith that whatever Allah does, it's always for the best. There's always some good in a loss, in a trial, in a difficulty or in suffering. And no matter how many times you've been upset at things or the way things are unraveling, you need to understand that months or years down the line, everything will fall into place, you know? And you're just like, oh, my God, that bad thing happened because, you know, this good thing was, you know, it bought this good thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I think when I'm saying, like, trusting in God, it means that we need to tell ourselves to move forward on the path that he puts us on, even if it's, like, painful, even if it hurts. So mm-hmm. trusting Allah means we have faith that he will bring us through this and place us exactly on the path that we're meant to be on and that we will eventually understand why this was for the best. So some like I remember I was going through like a really difficult time and it was really hard for me to get out of bed. Like I couldn't wake up. I couldn't like I just didn't want to wake up. <laughs> and I got up because I was like, you know what? God has got something amazing in store for you. Like there's something big happening. You know, God's plan is always great. And there's, you know, God's always planning something great and I think that we need to have trust in that and we need to understand that there's a higher power taking care of us and that's like that makes me kind of deal that helps me deal with my uncertainty 
like nothing is by accident. Sure. Everything happens. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, pretty much. You summed it up. No, I think that's a very a very good point, and that ties in with something that you always tell me as well. Is you know when I start to spiral and I'm panicking about stupid shit, like you always tell me, like think about all the stuff that you do have. <laughs> There are yeah. people who don't even have a job right now. Like yeah. you, know, you can actually take leave, be grateful for your life. You know, you have a meal, you have, I know that sounds very simplistic, but you're always telling me about gratefulness. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like you need to count your blessings and you know, you may be, maybe you got COVID or maybe you lost money or, you know, you know, maybe you lost something big, but at that moment you don't want to hear it but you still have something to be grateful for. Yeah. And I think also like, you know, practicing gratitude as well. And I think that's like taking a step back from your feelings and emotions and just being grateful to God. Like whatever is happening, it could have been worse. Like (laughs) you could have been in a worse situation. (laughs) We should actually get into the practice of writing down the things that we're grateful about. Yeah, I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. I just hit the, my head hits the pillow at night and I'm so tired and I'm like, oh God, thank you for this bed, for these kids, for this house. I'm like, that's like the only time I. (laughs) (laughs) When you're going to sleep. (laughs) When I'm going, especially when it's raining, I just, I'm so grateful for the rain. I'm just like, oh, thank you God for this. Thank you God for that. But it feels good. It definitely feels good. Well, I want to thank God right now for Netflix. Oh, <laughs> serious. If we're talking about being in the present, I mean, I was talking about being in the present moment before, right? Yeah. TV really keeps me present. That's the one time that I'm not thinking about anything else except what I'm watching right yeah, now yeah, on the I TV. Get yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's the best, like, everyone has their own forms of relaxing. You know, some people it's looking forward to a meal that they're going to eat. I don't even enjoy food if I'm not watching TV, but anyway, that's a side note. But like, <laughs> like after a hard day, like just not thinking, like not having to think, you know, and that's what TV does. Uh, maybe, wait, can watching TV actually be a form of meditation? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but I get, I get what you mean because I get really like into the characters and their lives and everything. So I, I completely understand. Like I don't have, have, are you proud of me though? Lately, like I've been watching a lot more television. I'm so proud of you. I feel like I taught you well. <laughs> I mean, you have like a list of shows to get through now. And I'm like, maybe don't give her another one to add more to her plate. But like you're already on season three of The Affair. Yeah, remember there was a time where like I'd put the kids to bed and just like make a tea and sit down and maybe just scroll, scroll through my phone and the TV wouldn't be on. I literally did that for like months and months, maybe like the whole year till now. And then the last month of like, or the last two months, I've started to turn on the television and watch it. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you. I mean, it's not the most productive thing to do, but it's, I mean, if you're going to be scrolling through your phone anyway on social media, then there's really no difference. And I would have just been, Oh my God, I don't think I could imagine my life without TV. <laughs> what would I do? <laughs> you'd survive, don't worry, you'd have something to do. I'd probably like go for a walk. No, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> going back to the topic, <laughs> I feel like there's another, you know, gratefulness, being present, taking control of the part of the problem that you can actually control. I think they're all very important, but I'll add one more thing. Yeah. It's focusing inwards as well. 
So because life will always throw curveballs at you and you can't anticipate it, you know, it comes unexpectedly. (laughs) So I feel like one thing that we all can be doing now is preparing ourselves to be a better, better version of ourselves so that when we do face a difficult scenario in the future, we can face it with confidence. Yeah, that's that's really important. That's a really important one. Yeah, because yeah, like there are people who are scared about contracting COVID. I know we don't really care because we're we're healthy and young and fit. But like there are people who are generally just even if they're healthy, like there are just people who have you know that kind of health anxiety and they're yeah. fearful about actually contracting COVID. But instead of worrying about contracting COVID, the one thing that they can do is focus on their health. You know, what are you doing to boost your immune your immunity right now? You know, you can start with physical exercise. You can start by eating well. You can take all your vitamins and all your supplements. Like that's just one example. But, you know, looking inwardly as well, like it's knowing how to actually handle stress. Yeah. What are you going to do when you're faced in a stressful situation? What are your triggers for anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. How do you prepare yourself to be a better better version of yourself so that you can face any scenario in the future? Hundred percent. I think you need to acknowledge your thoughts too. Don't avoid them, and that's what a lot of people do. They try to like run away from their thoughts, but you need to you need to acknowledge what you're thinking. You need to take time to think about what the thought is and where it comes from, and like the deeper root of it. And you need to understand that your thought is not your reality, and that's not actually what's happening. It's just a thought. <laughs> and you need to feel like, okay, what's this thought making me feel? And you need to think about, you know, what helps me cope with my feelings? How do I make myself feel better? Like, do I even know how to de-stress myself? You know, what do I need to do? I think that's, yeah, maybe in a way, the fact that the world has seemingly come to an end or a pause. We've got a long way to go. (laughs) Pause, let's just say a pause. We're in like intermission. Maybe we actually have the opportunity now for the first time in a very long time to slow down and sit with ourselves. Yeah. Or actually yeah. face ourselves yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. I, I, lo- I, I, know this, I know this is going to sound like maybe up myself, but I love myself. Like I love my own company. I love, I used to like hate being alone or spending, now I want to spend time alone and like. Yeah, but that's after you've done the work. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, it's not even that I've done the work. I was kind of forced into it through COVID. Like, remember how I was going into like a 14 day isolation <laughs> and I was so excited. <laughs> and you're like, how are you dealing mm-hmm. with this shit? But you need to be, yeah, you need to be comfortable with yourself. You need to know who you are. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know who you are, then you're not going to be able to understand your thoughts and why you're thinking certain things and you know your thought patterns and your triggers for anxiety and all this stuff I mean I was just about to have a sook with you before I mean I did have a sook with you because I had a conversation with someone and I was just like Hannah am I a shit person am I yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah you did actually say that (laughs) and I'm like I've realized a pattern like this is what I do you know I I don't want to go into detail You were just like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It was like in every other situation, I'd be making you feel better, but like, I don't know why your mind has gone there right now. <laughs> like, but you, yeah. Need, yeah, yeah, understand what you're saying. Oh yeah, I feel like you know we need to take our own advice as well because there are definitely hard days. Hundred percent. We 
definitely need to take our own advice. And I think it's like, like everything that we talk about, it's a work in progress. And in time, I think everything, you know, will get better. And I think we'll learn how to deal with uncertainty. And I think uncertainty leads to, you know, beautiful experiences. For me, recently, it's opened doors that weren't there before, you know, like, my life was always routine, and I've known everything, but it led me to people that weren't in my life before, you know, it helped me to see people differently. And I think I have evolved because of uncertainty. And it's like getting out of your comfort zone, basically. Well, you've blossomed into a beautiful butterfly. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <I'm> so corny. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us. I actually want to know from our audience, if you come from a, like a cultural background where proposals are not the norm and you've gotten a romantic proposal or you've proposed to someone romantically please send me a dm i want to know your story (laughs) and thank you for one year of podcasting we really appreciate your support your love your messages your emails literally puts a smile on our face we promise to get better equipment so we sound better (laughs) especially Um, me (laughs) yeah and yeah Make sure you check out our Instagram, which is Self Care Sundays Pod, Sundays with a Z, and we are out. See you later, alligator. See you later, everyone.